0: Welcome everyone to Trail Tales. This is your host Tom Funk. And thank you for joining me for A Million Steps, my unpublished manuscript of my hike across the Michigan's Upper Peninsula back in 1998 using as much of the North Country Trail as I could find. Well here I am on the doorstep of the Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore and we will be hiking from our Train into the town of Munising and hopefully into the park and establishing a campsite. So, let's get going. Let's uh, put the pack on, strap in that hip pad, and uh, make sure you have enough water because here we go. Today's hike will be 12 miles for a trip total of 262.8 uh, it's 75 degrees for high, 60 for low, and it is a cloudy day. It looks like it's going to rain for most of the day, and then it uh, becomes sunny uh, by evening. No bugs to speak of, and uh, mostly gravel roads, some trails, and some asphalt. We have nothing to fear and a great deal to learn from trees, that vigorous and Pacific tribe, which without stint, Produces strengthening essences for us, soothing balms, and in whose gracious company we spend so many cool, silent, and intimate hours. Marcel Proust, a French novelist. Alright, we woke up 6 a.m., fully anticipating an early departure for Sean. Of course, this meant an early departure for me, too. Being an insomniac, I guess it was easy for him to rise at the crack of dawn. The sun was peeking into our campsite just enough to arouse my friend. We break camp, and after lobbing my stuff into the car, Sean drove me to the intersection of 2596 and Forest Road 2276, which is where I ran into Sean yesterday as he was heading to town to buy some junk food. Fog is clinging to all living things. However, it will not hinder my progress today. Well, it's been real, I say. Thanks so much for dealing with my fat ass. And I lug my life support system back onto my back. Hey, it was great to be out of fax and phone range and beeper range as well for nine days, says Sean, glowing. And then realizing he has a 10-hour drive back to Milford whence he came. I start to sing happy trails as he drives to the west and I walk to the east. The road immediately turns to gravel, snaking its way through the forests towards Munising. I'm walking Freddy's roads again, and I come to a realization that I have not seen a single forestry operation in the Hiawatha National Forest. At 879,000 acres, it is Michigan's second largest national forest after the Ottawa. It is unique in the fact that it has two Great Lake Islands, round and government islands. Found in two distinct chunks, the Hiawatha border's uh They bore three major water bodies, being Lakes Huron, Superior, and Michigan. Again, it is silent. This fog is deadening all sounds. It is tranquil, and my clanging cup seems a mortal sin to the forest surrounding me. Protecting me from bears? Well, that's my cup, and that is my explanation and my excuse. And I plead to the jury consisting of ferns, flowers, squirrels, and a stately white pine. Acquitted of my crime, the trees ask me to move on, which I do. A blue pickup truck breaks my silence. I turn a look into its chrome face and I edge over to the side of the road. The truck passes me and pulls over. Out pops a young man about 20 years old. He's wearing a baseball hat, jeans, and a t-shirt. He holds his hand up to greet me. Hi, how are you? Boy, he's jovial. Great. And you? And so am I. Not bad. Are you walking the North Country Trail, the young man says, chewing tobacco? Why, yes, I am. Pointing into the bushes, he exclaims excitingly, I cleared all the trail in this area to become a Boy Scout. In fact, an Eagle Scout, he says. No kidding. I think that's great. Thank you for your efforts, I say. Realizing that I'm not on the trail, I'm hiking a road, and... Uh, This trail, he shed many sweat droplets, and I'm not even using it. So, of course, he asks, why are you on the road? Bear. Bear? Yeah, I saw a bear on a trail a while back, and it really freaked me out. Plus, there have been times, even recently, where the trail is poorly marked or not at all. And that was the case, as I was unable to find the trail after I left a train uh, campground. Yeah, that's a problem, he says. Not enough people use this trail. I walk it all the time. In fact, when you get to the highway, the trail starts at the edge of the ski lodge and brings you into town. I cleared that trail also. I have a severe guilt trip popping up. I feel terrible that I'm not using the trail right now. I'm also colorblind, says the man, expelling his chew, and I have a hard time finding those damn blue diamonds. Hmm, I agree. I had a section a while back where there was no trail on the ground, and the diamonds are as much as 200 feet apart. Sheesh, he says. Hey, by the way, my name is Jason. I live in Newberry, but I work for a lot of Munising. Checking out my future cuts. Do you harvest in the Hiawatha? I ask. No, there's very little logging this year in the forest. Mostly public land forestry is taking a, a place in the Ottawa this year. That is too far for us. We harvest from private lands, hard and soft maple. That's sugar and red, right? Yeah, so they told me at forestry school at Michigan Tech, he says. We continue to chit-chat. He's a very pleasant person to talk with. Very knowledgeable about forestry. He is into sustainability and tells me it's very hard to get this point across to the old timers. He wants his kids to have trees someday. We talk about snakes, wildlife, through hiking, and pictured rocks. We swap email addresses, and I promised to email him later. Continuing my saunter into the forest, I negotiate an old railroad grade that has become some sort of Simmobile ORV highway from Munising to Marquette. I can hear the solitude of the forest being polluted by those darn motorized wheelchairs about a mile away. The forest I am walking through is parallel to M94, the same M94 that I walked a few days ago. I reach the intersection, and true to Jason's word, there's a ski lodge across the street. It's about 11 a.m., and I decide to take an early lunch. I race across a busy highway to an expansive parking lot. A humble lodge sits to the left. Ahead, a trail map draws me to it. Heavily used by skiers in the winter, this area experiences light use in the summer by hikers, bikers, and horseback riders. The North Country Trail it starts to the left side of the lodge, about uh, where a picnic table sits. So, I walk up to the table, launch my pack onto it, and I see a North Country Trail logo on a post. It invites me to take a chance at walking this mostly anonymous trail to Munising. The original plan was to make it as far as Wagner Falls, which is about two more miles up the road. If I do stop there today, it would make for a short day. Feeling fine, well, except for my feet anyways, which always hurt, I may continue on to Munising. Who knows, I may end up somewhere in pictured rocks if all works out. Being the first day of a freshly loaded backpack, I slobber over tuna, cheese, and pita bread. I have to use the Leatherman to cut away the mold from both the bread and the cheese. Yummy, a little mold, never hurt anyone. And what do you think is used to make cheese, anyway? I take a short lie down for about an hour and start up the road to Wagner Falls. Walking along this artery for semis and other commercial traffic was becoming mind-numbing again. I just zone out everything and stumble forward find myself sitting on a highway guardrail. Resting my weary bones, I watch traffic pass by. They look back at me and only I know that life is passing them. A semi, hurriedly approaching me from the west, roars towards me. I make eye contact with the driver and he gives me a wave. Being a polite person, I wave back. Suddenly, air brakes, rubber on cement, and shifting cargo are the sounds this machine makes as it halts about 100 yards from me. Shit, he probably thinks I need a ride. So I clumsily jog forward to the cab. His left arm is hanging out the window. I can see his haggard face in the side view mirror. Need a ride, he says, pointing with his thumb to the west. I saw you wave my weight back, realizing that you were asking me for a ride, right? Yeah, where are you headed? St. Ignace. I'm walking into traffic. Oops, he says jokingly. I guess I can't help you. That's okay. I appreciate the hospitality truck pulls away, and I stroll towards Wagner Falls. Approaching the Falls parking lot, I can see a couple of cars along the periphery of the highway. This is probably the most scenic falls in Michigan for the minimal amount of effort needed to reach it. It's only 300 feet from the parking lot, and nearly any lazy human in any physical condition can view this cascading water over several rock ledges. I walk through the parking lot, and by this point, there are no cars. I have the place all to myself. I remember walking this trail with Don in the winter a few years back. We should have brought snowshoes with us on that trip since the snow was a back-breaking, exhausting four feet deep. But have you ever seen a waterfall in the wintertime? It's mystical, to say the least. So here I am, standing at the base of the falls, listening to its vain attempt to fill the woods with its whimper of water flowing over a billion-year-old rock. These waters are begging me to take a sample to taste its elixir. Looking at my bottles, they're nearly empty, even though I have about a gallon in my backpack at the moment. Pull out my pure water filter, and breaking a rule I enforce all the time at the zoo, I hop over a fence and make my way down to the river of life. This filter is fantastic. I have not used it to its full potential on this trip. I've probably filtered, oh, about 10 gallons of water at the most. I've been lucky to find numerous taps and hand pumps on my trip. Also, friends have brought me water, keeping the usage time on my pure to a minimum. Pumping away, I see a family of three, mom, dad, and a teenage daughter, sulk by, whispering to each other. If they give me any crap, I will tell them that I need water because I am a through hiker. Damn it. I finish pumping and regain composure, climb the barrier, and hop back onto the boardwalk. We couldn't help notice that we were using the same filter as my daughter. A pure, right? Says the mother with her arm around her daughter, who looks about 16. Yeah, that's what it is. Our daughter likes a backpack, says Dad, standing really close to his daughter. You remind me of that annoying family that lives next to the Simpsons. You know, the Flanders family? Yeah, that's it. Where are you hiking to, asks the mother. Today? Overall. I always wonder which answer they want to hear the most. Overall, where are you going? St. Ignace. Whoa, exasperates the father, taking a small step back in sheer amazement. Where'd you start? Ironwood. My goodness, says the mother. And I tell them about some of my exploits. They're from Minnesota, and they drive through Michigan on their way home from vacation down south. They always stop at this waterfall. We've finished chatting, they leave, and I leave. I walk back down to the parking lot where I left my backpack leaning up against a rock. I try to take a nap, but the roar of the semis and the screeching of brakes on gravel persuades me to rethink where I really want to end up today. Looking at my watch, it's 3.30. If I go to Munising, I could stop by the post office, pick up my package, go to Pitchered Rocks, register, and hike into the first campground by sundown. That would be one long day if I do, but well worth it. Along my pack, and advance towards Munising on M94. Immediately at the top of the hill, M94 intersects with the dreaded M28. Looking back to the east as I am headed north, I could see alger falls through my binoculars. For the truly languid, these falls could be seen from your internal combustion wheelchair. Human society is prevalent. Small stores, gas stations, motels, and many signs litter the landscape. Walking at a brisk pace to beat the post office from closing, I make it into town by four o'clock. I should have no problem making it to the post office by five. I ask directions from some passersby after visiting an ATM, which, by the way, is the first one in a long time, and I'm walking through the, oh, we'll call it the hood of Munising, mostly run-down homes stacked together. Little kids dot the streets and peer through their windows at the walking oddity. I make it to the post office with a half hour to spare. Out of courtesy, I leave my pack outside. Walking in, I am the first one at the window. Hello, how may I help you today, says the clerk. Hi, my name is Tom Funk, and I should have a general delivery, I ask. No, I am pleading. Well, Mr. Funk, she says, turning, I have it right here. And she puts my white box on the counter. We've been waiting to meet you, says another clerk. Where are you from? Postmark says Kalamazoo. I'm from Battle Creek, and I'm walking the North Country Trail. No kidding, that's great. Hey, can I examine my box in the lobby, take what I need, and mail the rest back? Why, certainly, help yourself, right over there. If you need anything, let me know. Thanks, I appreciate it. And I turn and thump, my box is on the service counter in the lobby. Like a kid at Christmas, I open the box. I take out the following items, leaving many others behind. So I take out underwear, sausage, a camera, batteries, a writing pad, a bird list, labels for postcards, stamps, and cheese. On a phone card. I bring the box back to the window. Here you go. I would like to send this to another address. Could I borrow magic marker and some tape? Sure, let me get it first. Let me get that for you. Oh, what the heck. I'll take care of it for you. Looks like you have more things to worry about than mailing this box back. She weighs it, and I mail it fourth class, costing $5 for a 20-pound box to be sent to Bangor. Not bad. Thank you. You've been a great help. Good luck, Mr. Funk, they both say, waving. Wow, these youpers are really nice. I walk to the door exit and place the needed items in my pack. I know there's a microbrew or brewpub in Munising somewhere that I read about it in the Michigan Beer Guide. I should have written it down. I'm walking the main drag looking for this uh, brewpub and realizing I'm on the dreaded M28. I pass a Subway sandwich store. Hey, look, there's a sandwich artist. I'm sure I've eaten there before. Today, I would not think of eating there. Not for any philosophical reason, because I should reduce my weight in my pack by eating what I'm carrying. I cross the busy intersection and walk towards uh, the joint Hiawatha National Forest Office, Pictured Rock's National Lakeshore Park Headquarters. It's located on the corner of the dreaded M28 and H58, which is a very popular county road, and probably the only road between Munising and the next town to the east, Grand Marais. Meursing has more of an adventurous feeling than touristy flavor to it. First, it is located in the crotch of Lake Superior, shadowed by Grand Island to the north. Grand Island is a national recreation area that I'm sure 50% of the locals have not visited. Tourists? Yeah, right. I'd say 95% of this group couldn't even figure out that it's an island, let alone visiting it. There are a few clicky shops scattered around town on the main drag, but you'll mostly find the mom and pop pharmacies, grocery stores, and photo shops. The weather here is foreboding, even in the summer. The thermometer on the bank sign, it reads 65 degrees. Mind you, this is the middle of summer. The wind is raging off the lake from the north. If it was a cooler summer, um, for example, uh, the lake temperature is uh, what really moderates the temperature here in town. And right now, the lake temperature is 60 degrees, which is really warm. Uh, most of the time, it hovers around 45 degrees, even in the heat of the summer. Um, so if it was lake was colder, it could easily be 55 degrees. Preparing yourself for the proper tire is your first duty as a visitor to this cool tourist town. No one walking around in their shorts and t-shirts today. Well, <laughs> except for me. Munising was founded in 1850 by the Munising Iron Company. Munising did not see its first real growth until the end of the 1890s as other iron enterprises came and went. Munising is a bastardization of the Native American word for island in a lake or near an island. The original spelling is minising. I walk through the front door of the Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore office and plunk my pack on a bench to the left of the door. About five cars are in the parking lot and several people are gazing at a map to the left of the doors. An older couple, about 60, turns and looks at me. Not impressed with my attire, well, they're wearing polos and shorts, they turn back to reading the map. Sweaty, drained, covered in grime, and malodorous, I make a grand entrance into the Visitor Information Center. Walls of books, posters, and trinkets are in the immediate lobby. An island in the middle, staffed by two park rangers, protects the park staff from vermin like myself. There are about 20 people roaming around, all of which are wearing neatly pressed clothes, and I am certain they have all had a shower this morning. I, the one on foot, walk into an adjoining room that has an interpretive display discussing the geology and features of this national lakeshore. Only one of four national lakeshores, the others being Sleeping Bear, Apostle Islands, and Indiana Dunes, it is the largest in acreage. National Lakeshore or not, it is part of the National Park System. This park has beckoned me to explore it numerous times. Sean and I recently spent four days backpacking part of the Lakeshore Trail that hugs the 40-mile lakeshore from here to Grand Marais. I have visited its vast hardwood forest, enchanting waterfalls, and crystal clear waters over the years. Long before me, the Ojibwe Indians explored its shores and referred to this area as the land of Thunder of the Gods. Today, Pictured Rocks gains its name from the towering rock faces made of fragile sandstone. These rock faces thrust out of Lake Superior 50 to 200 feet in height and stretch 15 miles from here towards the northeast. After the Pictured Rocks, this parch gives way to miles of sandy beaches, known as Seven Mile Beach and Twelve Mile Beach. Created by retreating glaciers 10,000 years ago, these beaches give way to the last third of the park consisting of majestic dunes. One of the few areas on Lake Superior to have wind-shaped dunes, they are large and mystical, swallowing the soul of many hikers that dared to descend, then climb her face. I let the people slowly move away from the island, keeping the rangers safe from the tourists. I want their sole attention. I am sure these rangers will give me far more respect than these L.L. Bean yuppies driving their SUVs thinking they are somewhat adventurous. Certainly, they will not be able to explore the areas I anticipate walking. In fact, the odds are they will not venture more than 500 feet from their vehicle. Hi, can I help you? Says a woman who looks extremely familiar for some reason. And her name is Karen. Why, yes, you can. I need to register as a backpacker, I say pulling out my wallet which is essentially a glad baggie with about $80 in it, a driver's license, phone cards, a bird list, and a pen. Backcountry permit, where do you plan on starting? I plan on starting here, and today, if possible, I want to end up at your first campground. Tired, I've been foot on foot all day since 7 a.m. Being 5.30 p.m., I hope to make it to my campsite by sundown. First campsite is 5.1 miles away at Cliff's. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, the cliffs are they're full, she says. Full? 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 Well, the heck am, where the heck am I going to stay? Okay, then, can you give me some options? Well, let's walk over to the registration board, and she leaves the comfort of her island and walks to a dry erase board with all the campsites corresponding to the days of the week and their availability. Each day, there's a maximum number of people that can stay, and how many people are staying at each. Well, cliffs, well, yes, they are full today. Well, if you start tomorrow, you can end at Potato Patch. After that, all the sites have openings with the exception of Mosquito River. Ooh, those words send a shiver up my spine. Back in 1996, Sean and I spent our first night at Mosquito River. It was a cold June night, the kind of cold that makes you evaluate what made you decide to come up here in the first place. Severely delayed that year, the spring yielded a bumper crop of bugs. And yeah, they were atrocious. The black flies were as thick as tar, clouds of mosquitoes followed any organism with a pulse, and the noceums weave their evil through those bugs. The mosquito netting and your clothes place a well timed prick on your delicate skin. The prevalent memory was walking 100 feet into the woods to lure these blood sucking beasts away from our camp. Then running like hell and diving into the confines of our tent. If we were lucky, we only spent half an hour swatting the bugs inside the tent. How are the bugs? I ask. It's very dry this year. It's past season, we see a few problems. How about the bear? No reported problems, says Karen. Yeah, I think I've heard that before. Not reported because they were eaten. Okay, why don't I spend my first night at Potato Patch, second night at Beaver Lake, third night at Seven Mile, fourth night at Mass Homestead, I say, thinking I just shaved one day off my trip. The original plan was to spend five nights in the park. Let's go back to the desk, she says, leading the way. By this time, there there was that older couple in their polos and Ray-Bans waiting their turn in line. The other ranger was waiting on a couple that was having a hard time speaking English. It looked like it would be a while for those yuppies to be served. We start the registration process. Name, says Karen, Thomas Funk with an E on the end. Address? 59 East Territorial Road, Battle Creek, Michigan, 49017. Where do you plan on entering the park? Right here. What's your license plate? Well, my car's in Kalamazoo. Come again, says Karen. I'm on foot. With those words, my existence was validated in the eyes of Karen. Even the other ranger perked up. She knew she was not dealing with some idiot. She had a real live through packer in front of her. Karen asks me, are you hiking the North Country Trail? Yes, I am. Where'd you start and what's your terminus? <laughs> terminus. She said terminus. I'm hiking Ironwood to St. Ignace. You're my first through hiker of the summer, she says. Really? The first?" The first? Heck, I thought there would be more thru-hikers than just one. I mean, this isn't the AT or anything, but, you know, it should be more traveled. Well, how many hikers have you registered so far this summer? Well, you are number 6,320, she says, writing the number on my permit. Wow, I figured more people would thru-hike, I say, with a tone of disappointment. You remember the North Country Trail, she asks. Why, I'm a car-carrying member, I say, pulling my card on my wallet and slapping it down with pride. Any trail problems report? <laughs> Any trail problems report? I chuckled to myself. You know, I, I don't want to offend, but I need to inform her of a few items that need to be corrected. So I tell her about the lack of use in the Ottawa, the lack of trailhead markers, blazes missing in several areas, signs at important intersections missing, um, and about the trail being obliterated in the Trap Hills area. I even drew her some maps. Karen says... Thanks so much. This is going to be really helpful. I'm going to pass these along. It's nice to get an update once in a while by someone who is actually using the trail. I now have a warm, fuzzy feeling as she points down to the permit. Well, I don't think it's necessary for me to do this, but I have to read some rules to you and make sure you understand them. She said in a tone of voice that let me know, please don't be offended. If it weren't for the yuppies over there, I would just let you go out the door. She flips over the permit. Okay, you have to use the bear poles, but I'm sure you know that, she says. And it looks like if she's trying not to laugh. Camp only in designated sites, two sites, uh, excuse me, two tents per site, but you don't have to worry about that, she says, making check marks as she reads the rules. I am sure that she has to read these rules because hundreds of times a year, usually in a riot act tone, to many novices and experienced hikers alike, but not to me. I am the thru-hiker. Hear me roar. No pets, carry out the trash, use only down wood for fires, leave no tray supplies, and no trenching. And she finishes reading. Sign here and you're all set and that'll be $15. "Uh, Don't you mean $75 for four nights? No, she says, it's $15 for up to seven nights. Oh, I thought it was $15 a night, and I slapped down to Jackson. I was prepared to pay $75 and I would have gladly done it. Really, she says. Yes, really, I feel more you charge, the less riffraff gets in. We can only hope, she says, looking down. Here's $5, and thank you. Enjoy your visit, she says, and gives me a half a wave. I sign, and I'm out the door. Next stop is past the state police post to the Chamber of Commerce. It is a smaller trailer out in the open with minimal landscaping. I walk up to the ramp and inside. First order of business was to find that microbrewery. They had no such information and even called around to some bars to no avail. That was very disappointing. Having figured that out, that there's no brewery, the second piece of business is to find the nearest campground. Of course, they say cliffs in Pitchard Rock's National Lakeshore. Have you been to the visitor center to register? Well, Of course I have. Well, yes, I have, and it's full. So, what's the cheapest hotel in town, I ask? Without hesitating, the man and woman operating the office said, Scotty's. It's right around the corner, about five minutes from here. I'd say it'll cost you around $30 for the night. Most other chains in town are charging over $100 a night, the man says, indicating by his tone that some downtrodden soul like myself would be better off staying at Scotty's. Scotty's was not a rundown uh, hotel at all. It was just small. The room was about 12 by 12 with a shower stall and a toilet for a bathroom. At $32 a night, to a welcome change for sleeping on the hard ground. take a shower, wash my clothes in the shower with me, and I hang everything up to drip dry. I go out on the town wearing my freshly washed shorts, cotton, and a cotton t-shirt, wool socks, and sandals. I called Don to check in and told him that if he did not hear from me by the 16th of August, to call the Grand Marais Visitor Center and then the Calvary. He let me know that my cousin Jeff Funk was interested. I must have guilt-tripped him into participating with that postcard I sent him. The original plan was to meet me in Munising, but it would be Saturday morning when he would be able to make it uh, to the UP in order to rendezvous with me. So I called Jeff and arranged to meet him at the Grand Marais Post Office at noon on Saturday. I go to an Australian restaurant for dinner and had the buffet. So much for eating my packed food. Afterwards, I bought a six-pack of straws got some ice, put it all in the sink, and watched TV. From silence to civilization. I prefer the silence for my soul, but the bed feels good for my body. Emails from Don, report number eight. For those of you who just joined us, this is an update on Tom's trip through the UP. Once again, not a great deal to report. The weather's been great. He's about three days ahead of schedule and is about... Ready to enter Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore. Since there are no phones in the lakeshore, there won't be another report till at least Monday. Oh yes, the campground he was going to stay and out and musing tonight was full, so he ended up in a hotel for the night. That is all. All right, Pictured Rocks, you're up next. And uh, I still go and. Uh, uh, and amusing on occasion and, uh, I'd still stay at Scotty's when I can. So price has gone up a little bit since then, but, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just older, you know, wear your shoes in the room, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was glad they could take me that night. Anyways, uh, we will, uh, continue our hike next time as we enter the pictured rocks and, uh, Um, I'm sure it's going to be a fun hike. I've been looking forward to hiking the entire length, and we'll do that again on the next episode. All right, thanks again, everybody. This is Tom Funk for Trail Tales. Thanks for joining me, and we'll see you next time.